It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is May 24th, 2016. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. Today's show is brought to you by First Class Merchant Services, saving you money on your monthly transaction fees. Joining me today as co-host is Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, also past Department Commander for the DAV State of Maryland. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary, and as always, great to be with you. Appreciate it. Just a quick review of last week's show, which you have to get aware, be aware of. It's it's something that uh, stands out here, and you help us fight this thing. We've had Charlene Johns from Battle Buddy Info and some of the top guns from the state of Texas. I don't know if all our veterans are aware of the straw man document, but you need to understand it now before it's too late. We need everyone's support on this, and please share all this information with all your contacts. The proposed straw man document that was developed and drafted outside the open commission process by seven of the commissioner's 15 members, the bill, Bill, what do you think of this? Did, did you know that they didn't even know anything about it, the other eight commissioners. They had no knowledge or input about this. Well, uh, that, that's really what you call working in the blind, uh, even while you're working with the group. That's true. So uh, uh, that, that's a tremendous leap, I mean, uh, what they have in mind and what it would amount to, Gary, is uh, shutting down the uh, medical center facilities for our men and women across the country who serve this great nation. That's true, and they're planning on closing them down within all within the next 20 years. Again, yes, you heard it right. They're going to close down, they want to close down the treatment facilities within the next 20 years. If you missed the live show, be sure to listen to the May 17th archive show on the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and learn how you can help prevent this from happening. Let's fight this together. Before we get to our guest, we have Major Kenny on the phone. Just to let you know about this upcoming Memorial Day event, good morning, sir. Hey, good morning. All right. You know, last time we talked, Major Kenny, uh, you mentioned that you had actually two events coming up. Why don't you go ahead and tell us about them? Um, I uh, am located at the largest cemetery in the Washington, D.C., Virginia, Maryland area. It's called Fort Lincoln Cemetery. It's a historical uh, you know, a cemetery that was very instrumental in the American Civil War as well as the American Revolutionary War and the War of 1812. The uh, cemetery will be holding a Memorial Day service on Monday, and basically we'll be looking over the history of this cemetery and its connection with the veterans and our history. So we'll be open from 8.30 till 5, and we invite anyone who um, can get to the cemetery. We're located at Bladensburg Road and Eastern Avenue in Maryland. All right. What's, what exactly is going to go on? Are you going to have, like, um, uh, something to eat there? Or, or, we're going to have something to eat. We're going to have a presentation, uh, okay. and we're going to have um, 
uh, various displays on uh, throughout the cemetery, historic displays. Uh huh. All right. Now you have another uh, event that's coming up, correct? On the, on the fourth of June, um, which is Saturday, uh, we're going to be having a veterans awards dinner, where we're looking at um, the DC Defense Force, which is one of the militias around the country. All the states have their own militia. DC has one too, and it's been around since 2005, and we want to honor the veterans who are instrumental in it, as well as veterans in the community at large. It'll be at the Levi's Restaurant at 6410 Coventry Way in Clinton, Maryland. Well, that sounds good. It's 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. 6.30 to 9.30? Okay. All right. Now, tell us the importance. Uh, you know, I know there's a lot of, I uh, have a misunderstanding about, uh, uh, I guess, their burial uh, benefit. Why don't you quickly um, tell us a little bit about that? So First of all, a lot of veterans think that they automatically are entitled to full um, payment from the VA for their burial costs and for their memorials and um, their, their casket and those things. And unless you're on active duty and you die while in uniform, you are not entitled automatically to, your, to a free casket, to a spot, and to all the costs like opening and closing and a memorial um, given automatically. If you are a veteran and let's say your death is service-connected, um, you are entitled to some funeral expenses. Uh, if you're buried in a non-veteran cemetery. Uh, however, if you're buried in a, a veteran cemetery, you are entitled to um, basically a free burial. Um, the, the funeral costs, again, are not covered by that burial, however. You have to apply to the VA for any um, payments that the VA will give you, and it's, it's a pro rata small amount of money that's given for your casket and your funeral arrangements which is different from the burial. Mm -hmm. And the best way to find more about this is to go online to Dignity Memorial's webpage, and it lists a veteran's planning guide, or go to your closest Dignity Memorial Cemetery or funeral home. There are 23,000 of us around the U.S. We bury more veterans than the Department of Veteran Affairs does, and they have that information as well on hand. Wow. All right. Now, again, we at least this this uh, we don't have to talk about waiting in line. But uh, uh, living in Florida, uh, Bill and I were talking at the beginning of the show before the show began uh, about uh, what was mentioned uh, by the secretary. Uh, you know, waiting in line. What would you rather do? Wait in line um, uh, for health care or, or, or wait in line for Disney? I guess your choice card is the magic. <laughs> you, you could use your choice card. <laughs> That's right. Use the choice card. <laughs> so I don't know why that yeah. came up. Yeah, that was on the news this morning that the Secretary of Veteran Affairs likened, uh, uh, you know, the wait for um, VA medical care. Uh, to uh, wait uh, at Disneyland for getting on a ride or something. And he was trying to make the point that, you know, waiting is is important and we have to deal with that. However, there are more and and additional important things that the veteran needs to be concerned about and the policymakers as well. Uh, Because it's the experience, it's the, the, the quality of what you get after you've waited, 
to get in. He's saying, you know, it's 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 the experience, the whole ball of wax, not just standing in line waiting. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You don't want to do that. Right. Now, why don't you tell our listeners uh, one more time the times of the events and and uh, the day and all the information uh, that you can that they can absorb. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> on the thirtieth of of uh, May, which is Memorial Day, uh, as well as the 29th, it's actually both days, we're going to be having at Fort Lincoln Cemetery an observance for this year's Memorial Day. The Fort Lincoln Cemetery is located at 3401 Bladensburg Road, Brentwood, Maryland. And the cemetery opens at 8.30, and our program will start at that time, and it will end at 5. We'll be serving hot dogs and chips and drinks and and some other snacks to anyone who comes out to participate in our program. Uh, the program is basically in, in honor of the veterans who gave their lives, um, and especially those who are buried here at Fort Lincoln. Uh, on the 4th of June, Saturday, um, the D.C. Defense Force is having its first annual veteran um, uh, awards dinner. It will be at 6410 Coventry Way in Clinton, Maryland at the Levi's Restaurant. It's from 630 to 930, and we'll be honoring the vets who um, are part of the D.C. Defense Force, help stand it up, and have been volunteering to the community to help out the community. All right. I hope everybody shows up there. Uh, Major Kenny, it was a pleasure having you on our show today. Hope you have a, a very successful event and definitely stay in touch. Now, what we're going to do, we're going to go ahead and uh, introduce our, our guest. And uh, Bill, you wanted to go ahead and do that. And then right after the introduction, we'll go ahead and on break. Well, Gary, we're honored this morning to have with us Linda Sperlin. Dominic, who is the Chief Executive Officer for Garden, uh, Guardian Angels for Soldiers' Pets. Uh, Linda uh, is, uh, has been a part of a military family with her father, uh, who, Coy Sperlin, who served in World War II, and her late husband, John D. Dominic, uh, who served during the Vietnam era. Linda has been committed to serving and supporting our military community, veterans and their families and their beloved pets for more than 50 years, long time. Linda and her three rescue fur babies, as she called them, Missy, Demon, May May, are all residents of Gatesville, Texas, since August of 2010. Now, uh, Linda's background has been in the business and corporate world uh, with the telecommunications industry with uh, Illinois Bell, AT&T, that's American Telephone and Telegraph, I believe, Ameritech, uh, 1965 to 1990, and while uh, working full-time in the telecommunications industry and following her retirement, she held various roles in the real estate area, banking, uh, income taxes, and accounting industries, plus involved in a nonprofit sector between 1968 and 2003. And afterwards, she went on disability due to some health problems uh, with a heart attack. 
Linda's uh, background uh, affiliations are with the veterans of foreign wars auxiliary, the women of the moose, soldiers, angels, guide star advisory board, and guardian angels for soldiers' pets. Linda, welcome to the American Heroes Network. Welcome, Linda. Thank you. Glad to be here. Appreciate it. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and we'll continue this uh, talk as soon as we get back. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter as the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Linda, the CEO for Guardian Angels for Soldiers Pets. Now, Linda, why don't you tell us how it all started? What gave you that initiative to, to start something like this? Well, it started basically because of a, a soldier's dog in Toledo, Ohio, by the name of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> um, and <laughs> I can never forget that name. No. Uh, so uh, where I had seen a posting on the Soldier's Angels message board of the time uh, regarding a soldier in Toledo who was deploying uh, to Iraq and had no family or anyone that was able or willing to to take care of his Scooby-Doo. So uh, myself and another lady in Hot Springs, Arkansas, reached out to the lady that posted the the need, and we began trying to create a caravan to bring the dog from Toledo down to Hot Springs, Arkansas, where this other lady was willing to take care of Scooby-Doo, and then we would return him to his owner when he got back home. 
Uh, fortunately, a lady in Toledo stepped up through a, a radio show and uh, agreed to be able to take care of Scooby and give him back to his owner when the owner returned from Iraq. So that took care of that case, but I was taught a long time ago, if there's one, there's more. So I started doing an Internet search and found several instances where service members were being deployed, and the next morning there was either a bunch of loose animals or they were left in yards uh, and or some had been surrendered to the local shelters. And one particular case um, in North Carolina uh, reminded me uh, where there was 400-plus animals, 300-and-something were able to be adopted out. The other 104 had to be euthanized because there was no one to, that would adopt them. And so started talking around, and before I knew it, had formed Guardian Angels for Soldiers Pet. Um, and basically started with our foster home program to find foster home volunteers across the country that would be willing to take care of these pets during a deployment, um, which took off. Our first case really wasn't until 2006, um, but we just started from there and just kept moving along, and now it's 2016, almost halfway through the year. Yes, definitely. That's something else. This year's flying by, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Some days I think I'm still in 2005, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, we all? <laughs> yes, I think we all are. I'm thinking, I'm thinking 50 years back, though. But anyway, <laughs> it's going on, getting off the subject. That I guess that's what makes you unique. You're national, correct? I mean, you'll, you'll try to find some type of a foster home for that uh, uh, pet, for the family pet. I think that's something else that you're very unique with. It's... I mean, let's say I have a school of piranha. Would you take care of those or find somebody? <laughs> uh, if we had an available foster home. <laughs> I mean, we have them signed up to do fish. I imagine I don't know if I'd find them for piranhas, but yeah. uh, <laughs> that's like the rab- you know, the lab rats we had, request we had. Yes, what, tell us about that one again. I, I know you told me, but why don't you tell our listeners? Well, we had a, a reservist on the East Coast that had been called up to go at that time to Iraq, where everybody was going. And he submitted a request for fostering of 96 lab rats. And I called him, and since he was actually a professor at this one school, uh, university, I asked him if he had checked with other professors that were in the same area, um, that would be more qualified to take care of lab rats. And he said he had not thought about that, and, but it was a good idea, and he would get back to me. Well, a couple of days later, he called, and one of the other professors in the same field as he is uh, agreed to take care of the 96 lab rats. Right. So we do get unique requests at times. Yeah, just so long he didn't have a python and he was using them as food. <laughs> no, he, if he did, he didn't tell me about that one. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Bill? 
Well, Linda, you know, the thought occurred to me is close and near and dear that animals, especially dogs and cats, can be to their owner. And uh, when a separation comes up, and especially, and we're talking about folks who are going off to uh, military service, is there a way to detect any kind of grieving or changing in the pet's personality because the uh, the owner is now separated from the pet. Have you had that experience? Uh, we have kind of, we have what we call a transition period um, because the, the actual coordinator that is the liaison between the, the pet owner of the pet and, of course, the potential foster home, she does a, a like a screening, does a matching between what the foster home sent in, submitted versus the pet submission. So we try to initially identify the home that would best fit the needs of the pet. So if they are a pet that is only used to being around their owner, haven't been socialized, um, you know, used to being around other pets or around children, then we look for that similar foster home. Usually a Another veteran who doesn't have a pet but would like the companionship of such. Um, so we've been very lucky that we've not had to literally move a pet from one home to another because of issues. We've had a couple, um, but those ended up being that the actual resident animals didn't like the idea of a, 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 new, foster, a new pet in the home. <laughs> I, I can imagine. Um, you know, uh, so it, um, and, and of course they all have to be spayed and neutered, you know, current on their shots, including the Bordetella for, you know, kennel cough, heartworm negative. Um, so, and we, we kind of, we, we do the best we can. We've had, you know, very good luck except for a couple of cases. And those, you know, were things that we weren't aware of. One foster home was perfect, but then the foster home decided to start fostering for the local shelter, and then that's when the foster animals started having issues. So we moved the pet to another home because it, it was an older dog, and it was not used to a lot of activity and bringing in foster puppies, and it just kind of... That dog, foster dog, he'd go, I don't like this place no more. <laughs> right. Now, right. now, uh, Linda, do you have conditions where a pet that you might be caring for in the absence of the owner have any types of special needs, such as uh, maybe with their diet and eating or any kind of physical conditions that, uh, you know, uh, you have to uh, give attention to that? Yes, we do. That is part of the pet submission where we ask if there's any special needs. Um, and then the same thing with the foster home. We ask them if they are, would feel comfortable in fostering a special needs pet. Um, so that's another area that we cover. So if a foster home says no, they don't feel comfortable in fostering a special needs pet, then when we, when a request comes in their state, they are not one of the foster homes considered for that particular pet. 
I would imagine having special needs like that, uh, would it be a difference, uh, say, in the, uh, in the overall cost of maintaining them because of these special needs? Uh, sometimes it may be that it just all depends on what the special need is. Sometimes a special need might be due to an older pet, uh, let's say 8, 10 years old, who has never been neutered, if a male, um, and because the veterinarian said it would, it would do more harm, like the animal was too old to go under anesthesia, and so we look for that home that is, is willing or feels comfortable in, in fostering, you know, that age, that dog. Uh, we've had some that, uh, we had one that was around the age of 10, had uh, major health issues, was even wearing a diaper, and the pet owner was going, was de- being deployed. Um, this was back in, in 08, and we found a foster home because the veterinarian said, you know, the, the dog, you know, could could still, you know, live a viable life. So there was no need to put them down, and um, but there was a chance that you know the dog may not you know survive in that year time frame. So we found you know one of our volunteers stepped up and said she had no problem. Um, she took the dog uh, to the veterinarian as needed. Uh, was in very close contact with the veterinarian and with the pet owner during this time, and unfortunately, a couple of months into the foster, the dog did pass away. Um, but this was all, you know, out, fr- out front, in the open, everybody involved knew what was going on. Yeah. And, in fact, the foster home even took care of the vet bills um, yeah. out of her own pocket. Are there any kinds of uh, pets, uh, let's say, and I guess this would be in what I sometimes hear referred to in, in the exotic category that you just specifically turn down because of uh, the type of pet it is that uh, you, you, you won't uh, accept in this program? Uh, we basically, we define it as all domestic animals. Um, exotic um, I guess it, it, some would call it exotic. Maybe we have a foster home that, we have foster homes that they say they are, you know, they're knowledgeable and have experience with exotic animals. But they have to be legal here in the country. <laughs> yes, I would imagine. So that would be a major hurdle. Right. Because you know, I don't I want a, a foster home ar- arrested for having, a, you know, an illegal animal in their home. <laughs> That's right. I don't know if you heard the, the uh, news, Bill, but uh, down in South Florida, they're finding uh, uh, crocodiles. Um, so they're, they're mating down there, and, and uh, you know, there's, there's alligators down in Florida, but now there's crocodiles, and they're, they're man killers. So mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to solve that problem. Maybe they need a big hunt by us veterans, huh? Sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're gonna go, we're gonna go ahead and take a break. Today's show is brought to you by First Class Merchant Services. They are a national merchant service company. If you want to save money on your merchant account, you need to check them out. Josh Cole is the owner. 
Give him a call right now. He can save you money on your monthly transaction fees for sure. Call Josh Cole at First Class Merchant Services at 407-401-0772. That's 407-401-0772. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Linda the CEO for Guardian Angels for Soldiers Pets. Now, Linda, we've talked about, you know, one of the programs you had, which was Foster Home. What is the other program, such as the MPA Fund, the Warrior, Warriors Angels, and the MVP Sanctuary? Okay, the, the MPA Fund kind of goes along with the Foster Home program, um, but it was mainly initially started to help in major uh, veterinarian bills. For example, the Foster Pet became ill, um, which can happen with any any pet. Um, and there was a you know two three thousand uh, dollar veterinarian bill. Yeah. And usually, of course, the the pet owner is is responsible, uh, just as if they were here at home with their pet. But most of them don't have that kind of money um, to put out. So we created the MPA fund through donations, uh, totally uh, general public support. And in a couple of cases, we have had, uh, we have done an actual fundraiser online um, in a couple of cases because we didn't have sufficient money in the fund. Since we started it, we have expanded it to help our homeless veterans that are going through a VA or VA-approved homeless transition veteran transition program. 
mm-hmm. uh, where they're going in uh, either to temporary shelters, housing, uh, getting training, um, or they're going through a program and waiting for their housing vouchers. But they can stay in the shelter, but there is no place for their companion animal. So we make sure that the animal is current on vaccination, spay-neutered, microchipped, heartworm-tested negative, and before we put them into a foster home. Uh, Some cases, and that is when it's over 30 days, Um, 30, you know, uh, two months to 12 months where a foster home is needed, depending on the particular case. If it's less than 30 days, then we help with temporary pet boarding um, cost in addition to the veterinarian cost. Mm -hmm. So, and that, again, that is a national program. Mm -hmm. So, Warriors Angels... Okay. I was, just gonna say, I was just going to say, Linda, are you linked up to, uh, uh, with veterinarians that, that are willing to maybe help here? Uh, most of them will give uh, a veterinarians and the boarding facilities will give uh, a, a discount. Uh, it can be anywhere from 5% to 20%. We've had boarding facilities that if there was two dogs, they only charge for one. Um, so it's at this point we don't have a network of veterinarians or boarding facilities other than my list here. Uh-huh. So when we have a particular case come in in a state in a certain area, um, then I know exactly who to refer that pet owner to. Um, That's great. And to tell them to tell it, you know, that Guardian Angels for Soldiers Pet is covering the the billing. Right. Okay. All right. I think the next one was going to be Warriors Angels. Yes. We um, actually started a pilot program in um, southwest Missouri in 2013, um, and we ended up with four teams. But unfortunately, at the end of 2013, the main volunteer, the coordinator for the program, uh, stepped back and ended up forming her own local organization for service dogs. So we turned around and opened the program down in San Antonio, Texas, and we have two teams in training. And basically what this is, these are either can be active duty or disabled veterans that have been officially diagnosed with PTSD. Um, and where their primary care manager has determined that a service dog would, a specially trained service dog would benefit the veteran and improve their quality of life. So at this time, we have two teams in training in San Antonio, uh, and they are awesome veterans. Their wives are very special. They're very involved with with their husband's uh, activities and basically their primary caregiver. And But we've kind of put the program temporarily on hold because our coordinator in um, San Antonio, Cherie Boudreaux, passed away February 23rd um, due to cancer. Oh, and it has that. been a tremendous loss for us. 
um, she was a very special lady because she held many roles, including treasure. Um, so right now we, we have the two teams in training. I'm monitoring those, working with those families. And our ultimate goal is, is to get our team back working back in San Antonio so that we can expand the program up to Central Texas and continue on within Texas. We would like, and we've had many requests from other states, to expand the program, but since we are all volunteer, we just need to find the right committed volunteers in the other states that are willing to establish this program. Um, And that just takes time. (laughs) Now, the costs uh, involved with the program um, are covered through, again, public donations. Um, And one PetSmart uh, regional company uh, managers got together and they donated back in, in 2014, enough money for us to get the program in San Antonio up and running. Great. So, uh, plus, we um, want to build uh, and raise the money to have an actual training facility here at our property um, outside of, south of, of Gatesville and 14 miles west of Fort Hood. And that's part of the MVP sanctuary program. Oh, now, okay. the, uh, any questions on Warriors Angels? No, you were pretty thorough on it. Okay. Um, now, our last program, which we actually started or began working on, was in Hot Springs back in, in February 2007, um, is the MVP Sanctuary, which started out to have a private pet care facility to care for the pets where we didn't have an, an immediate available foster home um, either in Arkansas or in Texas because we were so close and most of our fosters um, were fostering pets from basically Fort Hood uh, in Hot Springs, Arkansas. So we started the program, then it expanded to include veterans, uh, having a place for picnics, um, just uh, finding another way of supporting our, our troops, our veterans, and their families, and which is why we ended up buying property in Texas near Fort Hood, um, which now the program has grown tremendously, and I guess you can call it a, a capital project, um, but we're still working on it. Um, we've going to have three memorial gardens, one for our fallen warriors, including first responders, um, military working dogs to remember and honor them, and one for the pets of our, of our service members and veterans, initially starting out to be those that were in our foster home program at some time, and we have been advised that they have now since crossed the Rainbow Bridge. So, um, and then, of course, the, the fishing pond, uh, picnic areas, pavilions for events, um, horseshoes, volleyball, um, other, other kind of functions. So they can come out 
for a day in the country. Um, you know, get away from the hustle bustle. Um, and, of course, to bring our older veterans here from, say, nursing homes or family-assisted living, um, that they can come out and get a day in the country instead of just looking at walls or in the area that they're in. Um, Not only for Gatesville, but, say, from Temple, Waco, Killeen, central Texas area for the day in the the country. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, we're trying to raise the money. Thus far, we've been able to buy the property, move our operations here, which right now is two rooms in the place I live in, um, which we want to eventually have an office. But it's until I get more volunteers and people interested in the project, we basically overall need to raise close to $500,000 to complete everything. And we, it's, it's my ultimate, ultimate goal to make that a reality. Um, but that is the MVP Sanctuary. Right. That is our programs. So we're just not limited to a foster home program. We've tried to merge what I call the best of two worlds, one being our military veteran support and the other love of animals, into one organization that is military and veteran support. We're not a rescue. We don't do rehoming. But our goal is to try to keep as many of these animals out of shelters so they don't have to be surrendered. But we are the last option before that happens. Um, And, of course, we have have had to limit to specific type of cases. Um, Not, you know, when they go to regular training while they're active duty, um, we, we don't get involved in that because we've been told by many of the family groups at the military bases, you know, we try to take care of our own. So if they're going to be gone 30 days or a couple of weeks, then there's usually someone within the military families that are able to help out. Um, right. If, they're, if it's a married service member um, and there is a major medical or handicap issue in the family, the spouse or the children, like the wife is in a wheelchair or she has MS uh, or a high-risk pregnancy or a child has autism, then we try to help in those cases with a foster home because that does impact their ability to take care of the family pet while the spouse is is deployed. Um, And they're, again, verified through a doctor's letter on the doctor's letterhead, confirming that need. That's wonderful. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
by providing a unique blend of information and advocacy. We are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Linda, the CEO for Guardian Angels for Soldiers Pets. And, Bill, you had a question? Well, yes, but before I get to that, uh, uh, Gary, I just want to commend Linda on uh, on your your website that you have, and especially you spoke about Cherie uh, Boudreaux and the memorial that you have to her service in uh, contribution to the program. I think that's uh, very nice to pay homage to her and 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 her service to the program. Uh, the other thing, uh, as we were talking uh, during the break about uh, uh, with uh, being there, Port Hood, Texas, and so many uh, folks there, whether it be in a unit or individually that's moving about, and uh, I, I can imagine in some cases uh, as they return, they may or may not be able to uh, be able to care for their pets uh, uh, because of their own conditions. And then I would imagine there's sometimes where that getting back connected with that pet of theirs will help them in uh, in their recovery, whether it be a short-term or a, a long-term recovery. Tell us about any of those experiences and if there's any special cases where you can recall how this has worked out in the past. Well, uh, yes, we. in fact, uh, let's see, I guess it was about around tw- in the middle of 2010, to, or toward the end of 2010, uh, just after we had moved here from, from Hot Springs to the property, uh, we had a request uh, that involved a wounded warrior that had been had been at Walter Reed and then was transferred to the um, Brooks Army Medical Center in San Antonio. And the spouse was, was there at Fisher House and... They had two little pugs, and which were their children, because they didn't have any, you know, two-legged children. They just had these two four-legged ones. 
but they mm-hmm. they were considered definitely their kids. Um, and so we were able to put the two pugs in a foster home there near San Antonio. And once the Brooks Army Medical Center staff um, gave permission for the foster home to bring the two pugs to see to see the wounded warrior, um, they they did. And when he was brought out in a wheelchair, and he'd kind of been on the, oh, I don't know, like he was almost giving up. And when he was told that the two pugs were there, the kids were there, he opened his eyes, and when he saw them, they said he had the biggest smile on his face. <laughs> and it was like it turned everything around. He He became... He got into the positive, I want to get out of here, I want to be better, I want to be home with my wife, I want to be home with my kids. And within six months later, he literally walked out of there. All right. Um, and, of course, in every couple of weeks, they literally brought the dogs to see him. And where he could, you know, hold them, they could give him kisses, which they, his wife said <laughs> almost drowned him. Um <laughs> in those kisses and it just and everybody said it just made a big difference not only with the wounded warrior but with with the staff that that saw this you know saw the transition the 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 how the wounded warrior just turned 360 degrees um those are things in cases you never forget um that's not the only one uh we've had three or four others we've had a couple uh, right now, we have two that the coordinator um, for Maryland is working with the wives of two wounded warriors that are at uh, Walter Reed, Bethesda. Um, so we're we're there for them. Uh, the the veterans that have been you know diagnosed PTSD, TBI, cancer, um, you know major medical. Inpatient, requiring inpatient, we, we work with them. And besides, of course, our homeless veterans that I mentioned previously, um, we also help and with those families that are PCSing uh, out of country, including Hawaii, where the pets cannot fly with them at the same time because could be other the other country's regulations. Um, or it could be airline restrictions, depending on time of year, uh, temperature in the in the cargo hold. So uh, we we work with those families, but those are where they're taking their pets with them. Um, we tried to do the PCS supposedly for three years, which turned out to be seven years, and um, that ended up moving pets. <laughs> Because it's very difficult to find foster homes that are willing to foster longer than a year, except in rare occasions. Um, like I mentioned, service member deployed to, let's say now, Afghanistan, um, ends up being wounded, um, coming back uh, through Walter Reed, and the pet still needs to be fostered. All right. Then exactly. in that case, that's what, through our written agreement, we do what we ex- do extended, 
foster term and then may or may not need to move the pet to a different foster home okay. um, because some foster homes are, are limited to what, you know, to going over the year. Um, That's true. Usually, if it involves a wounded warrior, they have no problem continuing to, to care for the pet. Wow. Well, Linda, see how fast that hour went? We, Is it we already, already over? We had, My goodness. Yeah, we, we only have a couple minutes left. <laughs> Linda, it was a pleasure having you on the show this morning. And what would you like to share with our uh, listeners in closing? Well, I hope that they will um, visit our website um, because to, to learn of ways that they can help, uh, volunteering, contributing, um, because we do keep the doors open uh, due to contributions. We receive no government funding. Um, basically, we don't receive any grants. Uh, we keep trying, but thus far we've not had any luck. So if you can visit that, learn more about our programs, spread the word, let others know. We have promotional materials, flyers, brochures on our website. Please feel free to, you know, open them up, print them, share them with others who may be interested. And that's how we've grown is word of mouth. All right. And, and what's your URL? Uh, it's Guardian Angels for F-O-R, Soldiers, Pet, P-E-T, dot org. All right. All right. Thank you. And Bill? Well, Linda, thank you very much for taking time out in your busy schedule to be with us today. Thank you for your service to our veterans and their pets. It's very important in their lives as they serve the country and uh, leave and come back and find them uh, in uh, in good care. Is, uh, I'm sure that, that that's a number one objective on your part to make sure that uh, uh, they're in, in good shape when you return them back to their owners. Yes, sir, that is our main objective, and keep them out of those shelters. That's right. If you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7 on our website, and you can hear all the archived shows right from your phone. And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any mobile device. I'm Gary Ray, and thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America.